Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. When little Aiden Skies was born nine years ago, doctors didn't quite know what was wrong. Today, his craniofacial syndrome has gained national attention through the book and blockbuster movie, Wonder. Aiden's mom, Taryn Skies, joins us to talk about how she's prepared her son, who is such a wonder, to head out into a world that points and stares. Taryn, tell us all about Aiden. Aiden is nine years old, and he is the second of four boys. He was born at 34 and a half weeks, so he was a little bit early, and he shocked us all, not only with his early birth, but with a diagnosis of a rare craniofacial condition called Apert syndrome. And we didn't know about it ahead of time. It wasn't caught on any ultrasound scans or any testing. Um, You know, we had a pretty normal pregnancy other than the preterm labor, My husband and I were thrust into this new world of special needs parenting and learning about medical terminology and treatment, and it was all kind of a whirlwind when he was born. I imagine that's a very lonely feeling as well because it's a very rare condition, right? It is. There are only about, um, you know, estimated to be about 50 to 60 children born annually with Apert syndrome. So it was very rare. And my medical team, my obstetrician, when she delivered, didn't know what it was. Um, And there was a neonatologist in the room that was able to kind of say, I think this is Apert syndrome. I'll provide a little bit more information to you. They had to take Aiden to the NICU because he was having some breathing issues. But um, I just remember the room going silent and just feeling completely lost. Like, this wasn't happening. You know, I, I had no idea how to process what we were going through. My husband stayed by my side and we actually didn't have any family members present when we delivered because it was in the middle of a snowstorm. And so highways were closed. The airport was closed. My parents were in Florida vacationing at the time. So we did feel very, very alone at the time when he was born. I'd like to read for our listeners some of Aiden's answers when you interviewed him about this. You said, what's the best thing about having Apert syndrome? And his answer was, I'm handsome. What is the worst thing about having Apert syndrome? The sleep studies. How does it feel when people say mean things? People say, your face looks funny and it makes me sad. What do you say to them? I say, that's not nice. God made me this way. What is your favorite thing about yourself? I'm smart. What's something you're good at? Running. What's something you need help with? Buttons. How do you feel about your hands? I like them, but a friend at school said your hands are fat, and I felt sad. What's something you wish you didn't have to do? Go to the doctor. What's something you like about surgery? Dr. Fearson has toys in his office. What is something you don't like about surgery? Missing school. Why do you have Apert syndrome? Because that is how God made me. Is he as explicit in his answers and is willing and open to talk about this with his friends as he is to talk about it with you? I think at this point, he is just so confident in who he is that it's kind of like, you know, after he had this procedure and he got a lot of attention and people wanted to make sure he was okay and wanted to talk to him and tell him how brave he was. I think he's kind of desensitized to it now. You know, he's accepted himself and he just is like, can't everybody just, you know, accept me and leave me alone? And yes, I'm happy. And, um, you know, so he doesn't dwell on his condition. Um, you know, I think we've taught him to use his voice and to kind of, we gave him, we guided him to give 
some responses when he is in places that people may not know about his condition or know him. Um, so I feel like he's just, he's an overall confident kid who, um, is, you know, doesn't want to talk about it all the time. And I don't blame him, you know, but as his mom and his advocate, I tend to want to, you know, continue to drive the education aspect. And, um, you know, I think that because of some of the things that I'm doing, it is allowing him to kind of have an easier go of things because, you know, more people will understand it and it's less that he has to explain. So it kind of takes some of that responsibility off of his shoulders. You are an amazing advocate for your son, but I'm wondering how did you make, how how did you learn how to do that? You know, how did you make his transition into school easier? Um, and, And how terrifying that must have been for you. It was. And um, like I mentioned before in the beginning, it was it was not easy. I would, you know, leave an interaction at the library in tears because someone pointed at his hands and said they were disgusting or, you know, things like that, where eventually it got to a point where I realized this is our new normal. And if we're going to make this a positive life for him and give him the the greatest chance at a normal life, then you know, kind of a a switch flipped. And I realized that I had to stop, you know, being upset all the time because it wasn't going to serve him well and start being an advocate for him and, and tried to kind of figure out what was the best way to go about that. And initially what I did was I just made little, what I call awareness cards and I would bring them with me. And it had a link to my blog where I talked about Aiden and what he had been through and about his condition along with other just family stuff. And if there was ever an interaction that, um, you know, either I wasn't comfortable talking to somebody or I thought I was going to get emotional, I would just pass them this awareness card. And, you know, sometimes it would spark a conversation where it would turn into a a chance to educate. Other times, you know, I would just walk away and um, hope that they would take a few minutes and visit our website and learn about Aiden and, and educate themselves a little bit to kind of help them go on to have better interactions in those types of situations going forward. And once I got the confidence to do that, then it turned into more conversations with people. And, you know, I felt empowered to be able to educate people um, and knew that it was a positive thing because then I would see moms go, oh, you know, Charlie, this is Aiden. He wears Spider-Man shoes just like you. And the kids would kind of go, okay, and run around and play. And, you know, I, I knew that the the satisfying the curiosity for kids is very important. And once they understand, okay, it's nothing to be afraid of, they kind of feel like permission to just be normal and, um, and treat Aiden normal. And so those initial interactions were very important. And it just kind of spiraled from there. I got so, such a, a, a powerful high from, you know, the positive energy that I would get from people thanking me for sharing a little bit about Aiden and for giving them the tools to talk to their kids about differences that, you know, I just wanted to continue to, to spread that message. And that's when I would start, you know, reaching out to other families or other families around the world would Google Apert syndrome and come across our blog and they would reach out to me and just say how our blog and seeing how Aiden and how well he's doing um, was such a positive impact to them. And um, so, you know, it just kind of spiraled from there. And um, I just really love what I do. I take my role as a mom very seriously. And sometimes that mama bear role takes over and, um, I just want to do what I can to help, um, Aiden have a good quality life. 
How did you make Aiden's transition into the school system easier for both him and his classmates? When he started preschool, I had written a little book and had it printed on hardcover um, that was very basic, all about Aiden. And it had pictures of him doing things that every kid does, swinging at the park, swimming with his friends, um, you know, playing outside on a treehouse, things like that. And I allowed, at, even at two and three, I allowed kids to ask questions at the end of that. And I mean, some of the questions were adorable. You know, how did you get Aiden in a book? Others were very poignant for at such a young age, like, why do you go to Texas for surgeries or things like that? And again, like once they had those questions answered, his transition into that social environment was seamless. I mean, he had many friends from a young age and um, I read that book each year until it was, I think it was second grade where he kind of was like, okay, mom, you know, I'm done with this book. Can we not do that this year? And, you know, once I saw that he had developed his own confidence to be able to kind of share with people what he wanted to share, then he just kind of took it from there. But you didn't leave the school because you marched right down to the library, didn't you? <laughs> well, yes. So once he, we moved back to Kentucky from Texas, um, I had heard of another mom who had done a project at their school called the Choose Kind Library. And I was just, I'd fallen in love with the idea. And basically, I asked our elementary school if we could do this, and they were on board. They actually combined it with their annual fifth grade legacy gift that the fifth graders leave behind for the school. And so I worked with some amazing fifth grade students that year at my son's school to change a little nook of the library that wasn't being used for anything into this kindness library. And we pulled titles from the current collection at the school library that had anything to do with, I, I mean, I let the kids kind of come up with, you know, what kind of challenges do kids face? What difficulties might they want to, you know, reach out and find a book about? And everything from divorce, adoption, you know, wearing a hearing aid, physical differences, ADHD. I mean, anything that kids kind of came up with that made them feel a little bit different. Um, we pulled those books and then we got donations of other titles that we knew we wanted to include in the Choose Kind Library. And they're specially labeled and kids can go in there and check them out and um, or sit on comfortable seating in there and, and just read in the kind of private little nook in there. So if they didn't want to check out the book on divorce or whatever it may be, it gave them an outlet to um, just help understand all sorts of differences. That's a really special project. I really love it. I can see how you got hooked up with that and just thought it was going to be a neat thing. For someone who might be on the side of doing something rude, even though, you know, I consider myself a kind person, I want to do the right thing, but sometimes I just don't. What advice do you have to people, to parents who run into someone with any sort of special need? Sure. I mean, we've all been there. It doesn't, you know, I have four kids and even with a child with special needs, we've been in situations before where my own kids point out others' differences. So, um, you know, I try to keep a perspective that, you know, it's not always coming from a place of unkindness, but rather just um, not knowing how to handle. And I think one of the things that I tell parents the most is, if you're ever out and you see Aiden or someone else, maybe someone's in a wheelchair and you know your kids are going to have questions, don't pull them aside. Don't shush them away. Don't 
tell them that it, you know, basically give them the message that it's not okay to ask the questions by, you know, gosh, I hope they don't point at them or whatever it may be. You know, if that happens, just, um, smile. Um, you know, a lot of times people don't know what to say, so they fumble over words or, um, you know, I've had a child point at Aiden directly within earshot of his mom and say, "Ew, that baby's ugly. And, um, the mom just yanked him by the arm and walked away. And I don't know what that interaction then led to behind the scenes, but I only hope that maybe that would spark a good conversation with their child. Um, but I always tell parents, you know, relax, we're all human. If you don't know what to say, just smile. If your child says something, just kindly apologize, say, you know, we're going to have a great discussion about differences. Um, usually what I tend to do to, with kids is, you know, find a similarity, you know, everybody has things that make them unique and make you different from one another. There's always going to be an initial physical, you know, when you see someone, something that's different, but instead point them in the direction of finding something that's similar, you know, whether it may be, they wear glasses too, or we like the same Minecraft shirts, or, you know, we go to the same school things like that and, and focus less on how people are different and more how people are the same. Awesome. What do you hope for the future for both Aiden and for the work that you hope to do in raising awareness and increasing kindness in our world? Um, you know, people ask me a lot, what do you think Aiden's future holds? And um, I don't know. You know, I, I hope that he's independent. I hope that he follows his dreams. I hope that he has a better idea of what he wants to do with the rest of his life than I did. I mean, I went to college, I got a communications degree and had no idea what I was going to do with it. But lo and behold, um, you know, I think the big man upstairs knew exactly what I was going to do with that degree and I've, I've put it to good use. So I hope that I can continue to, um, you know, follow my passion, which is teaching and helping kids understand differences and adults as well. Um, and um, I run a nonprofit now that helps kids with Apert syndrome. And I hope that I can grow that and make that a continued success. And I think most of all, I just hope that all of my kids and Aiden especially is, is happy in whatever he chooses to do or be when he gets older. There's a book called Wonder that's being made into a movie. Lots of people know about it. You know about it. I know. First of all, tell me, have you read the book? We did. Um, the book came out when Aiden was just about to start kindergarten. We lived in Texas at the time, and my son Ethan and Aiden and I, when we heard what it was about, a child with a craniofacial condition, we were just jumping for joy because, you know, there's not much out there that really touches on that kind of um, medical condition. And although the main character in the book, Augie, does not have Apert syndrome, it still paralleled our life in so many ways. So we read it as a family just out loud and shared it with my older one who was in first grade at the time. And it was just so, it was almost chilling because, you know, some of the social aspects that we hadn't gotten to yet with Aiden being only around five, um, it kind of, you know, gave us a little insight into some of the challenges that we would face with Aiden when he did start school. Um, and I just ate up, you know, all of the characters who portrayed um, the various roles, you know, the bully, the the friend, the sister, sibling relationship with the child with it. It just really hit home for all of us. So I was wondering if you would feel like it was an accurate portrayal of the life of a child with the craniofacial condition. So you do feel like it is? 
Absolutely. I mean, there were, you know, when Aiden was a baby, especially, and I would take him out, it took me a long time to kind of get to a point where I felt comfortable taking him out, not because I was ashamed of him, but because I wasn't yet emotionally capable of handling some of the, um, you know, people staring and the comments and the whispers. Um, so I did feel like I sheltered him a little bit. And in the book, um, you know, they, they homeschooled Augie until he was getting ready to go to sixth grade. And they finally felt like he needed that social interaction. And while I never homeschooled Aiden, there were certainly times where I felt like so petrified to put him out into the world and, and to let him go. And, and, you know, just like Julie Roberts says in the trailer, she said, my God, please be kind to him. And that kind of, you know, always resonated with me anytime I would take him anywhere. Um, and absolutely, you know, the, the comments, the staring, the pointing, the and just hurtful words that not even just kids, um, which I felt like it was kind of easier to forgive a child who didn't know better when they would say something about Aiden. Um, but even adults we encountered who just were simply ignorant and, you know, just didn't handle themselves properly when it comes to seeing differences out in public. Um, so definitely the dynamics of the sibling relationship that was portrayed in the book. And um, it'll be interesting to see how those come to life as, you know, on screen and see how they adapted the book to a movie and, and see if it still resonates as much with, with us now. But I anticipate that it will for sure. Will you take your kids? You'll allow your kids to see it? Oh, definitely. We are actually planning to have a screening of um, a documentary that Aiden had been followed since he was two years old. Um, and they re-followed us throughout this mid-face advancement procedure, which was his latest surgery. And um, they're putting together a full-length 45-minute documentary. It follows Aiden's journey with this last procedure. So we're hoping to screen the documentary for the first time the same week that Wonder premieres and tying in the two together to then allow families to bring their children to watch Wonder and um, maybe have a Q&A session where people can then ask the producers of our documentary and Aiden and myself and my husband questions um, and, you know, we'll be able to provide some insight into, um, you know, just how much the, the movie actually does uh, parallel our life. Taryn, it's been so much fun talking with you today. Would you mind sharing your favorite kindness story with me before I let you go? Sure. Um, this one always stands out to me because it's less about um, somebody being kind in person. And I know that sometimes, um, you know, especially now with social media, it's easy to sit behind a screen and and use that veil um, to kind of cyber bully or things like that. But in this situation, um, it was somebody who had found their voice to, to be kind behind the scenes. Um, when Aiden and Ethan were in school, I put them on the bus every morning as a kindergartner in first grade. And one day they came home from school and they said they were called to the principal and the counselor's office. And I said, oh my gosh, well, what happened? And they said, well, it's about what's been going on on the bus. And I said, well, what do you mean? You haven't told me anything about something going on on the bus. And apparently there was a fifth grade boy on the bus who was calling Aiden names, calling him dinosaur face and um, or dinosaur hands and Dracula face or just being super unkind. And as a first grader, his older brother didn't really know how to stand up for him yet. Um, and so I was just just mortified that every morning here I'm putting my precious five year old and six year old on the bus to, to hear this from somebody so much older than them. 
And I asked the school how they came to know that this was happening. And they told me that a fifth grade girl on the bus saw this happening and wrote a letter to the counselor and dropped it in her mailbox at school privately, letting them know that this was going on and that she didn't feel comfortable about it, but she wasn't quite sure how to address it. So it always, you know, gives me chills to think that, you know, here somebody had, even at fifth grade, they had the presence of mind to know that it was wrong. But even though they didn't know how to handle it in the situation, they still went beyond and found their voice and and made sure that this was stopped. So I just, um, you know, I always tell kids that, um, tell a grown up if you don't know what to say, if you see this going on, it's not always just about being kind yourself, but also stepping in when other people are not being kind. Mm, Good advice. Thank you so much, Taryn, for talking with me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. To learn more about Aiden's documentary, Apert Syndrome, and how to support a child with special needs, head to moreskiesplease.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It is produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or NPR One.